Welcome to the English Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Oliver. Today I'm going to be reading Chapter 7 of my Intermediate Level Graded Reader, Brian British, Part-Time Teacher, Full-Time Detective. You can read Brian British for free at wattpad.com, W-A-T-T-P-A-D. So let's begin. Chapter 7, Brighton, Friday, 16th of July. Friday was the longest day of Brian's life. In the morning, he had a class on educational technology, followed by a goodbye lunch with all the new teachers. In the afternoon, he taught his last class, a one-hour grammar lesson on the present perfect simple. The whole day, all he could think about was catching the shadow thieves. He felt full of energy, the way he felt before playing an important football match. But this was not a game. This was real life. This was police work, the best work in the world. Well done, Brian, said Jane Kern. You passed the course. Thank you, said Brian. They were stood in the staff room. It was five o'clock and John and Jane Kern were saying their goodbyes. What country do you want to teach in? She asked. I don't know, said Brian. Somewhere sunny with a beach. She laughed. You're already thinking like an English teacher. I hope not, thought Brian. Where are you going next? He asked, though he knew she wouldn't give him a true answer. We're not sure yet, she said. Maybe Japan. Or maybe prison, thought Brian, smiling at his secret joke. Japan, wow, that's great, he said. Behind him, John Kern coughed loudly and everyone stopped talking. I just want to say that it's been a pleasure training you all, he said. I really do believe that teaching's the best job in the world. I hope you enjoy it. Good luck to you all. Yes, said Jane Kern, standing beside her husband. Good luck, everybody. Then they waved goodbye and walked out of the school. Brian waited a few minutes and then went outside and got into his car. He started the engine, but didn't drive anywhere. He sat in his seat and thought, was he doing the right thing? Maybe he should just phone the Brighton police station and tell them everything. Brian shook his head. No, he told himself. If the shadow thieves see the police, they'll run and I'll never see them again. I started this alone and I'm going to finish it alone. He took a deep breath, looked at Brighton Summer English School one last time and drove away. At two o'clock in the morning, a taxi stopped in front of the Blue Prince Hotel. John and Jane Kern opened the car door and got inside. A full moon shone brightly in the night sky. The old Brighton Hotel, please, said John Kern, his black bag on his lap. Jane Kern squeezed his hand. Here we go again, she said, smiling. They got out of the taxi at the old Brighton Hotel and walked along the beach. In his bag, John Kern had everything they needed. When they got to Thomas Robertson's house, They saw all of the lights were off. For ten minutes, John and Jane Kern waited in the moonlight, looking for danger. But there was nothing strange or unusual. No policemen hiding in bushes or policewomen behind trees. All they could hear was the crashing of waves on the beach behind them. They looked at each other, nodded, and walked into the darkness at the side of Thomas Robertson's house. They took off their clothes, revealing the black lycra suits they wore underneath, and put on their gloves and masks. Then, like spiders, they climbed up the side of the building. Jane Kern went first, her husband followed. He was a heavy man, but he moved quickly and silently. The shadow thieves reached the top of the building and stepped into the garden. Everywhere, flowers glowed under the full moon. This way, darling, whispered Jane Kern, pointing to a door at the other side of the roof. I know the way, honey, said John Kern. The door was locked. However, locked doors were never a problem for the shadow thieves. Jane Kern used her special skills and seconds later they were climbing down the steps 
and into the house. John Kern pointed to a door at the end of the hall, Thomas Robertson's bedroom. They walked towards it, silent as shadows. John Kern put his ear against the door. Inside, Thomas Robertson was snoring noisily. John Kern smiled. That was good. Now he didn't need to use the sleeping medicine in his pocket. They walked back along the corridor and went back down the stairs to the second floor. The curtains were closed, so it was very dark. John Kern opened his bag, pulled out two torches and gave one to his wife. Thomas Robertson loved jewels, but he also loved art. This floor of the building was one big art gallery. They pointed their torches around the room. Paintings of every size hung on the walls. Some were pictures of people and animals. Others showed the English countryside. At the far end of the room, a giant two meter wide painting of a racing horse covered the wall. The shadow thieves walked towards it. This is it, whispered Jane Kern. Help me. Together they took the painting off the wall. It was heavy. Behind it, there was a large metal door. This was Thomas Robertson's safe, where he kept his most expensive paintings, and more importantly, his jewels. The safe door had a large lock. John Kern touched it, and behind his mask he smiled. It was one of the best locks in the world. Not many people in the world could get into a safe like this one, but he could. This was John Kern's favorite part of a robbery. John Kern put his hand in his bag and pulled out his safe-breaking tools. He put his special headphones into his ears, got down on his knees and started working on the lock. Five minutes later, he stepped back from the safe, opened the door and whispered, Ta-da! Well done, honey, said Jane Kern, touching his shoulder gently. They stepped inside, the torchlights shining. The safe was huge. On the left hung four paintings. They didn't know much about art, but they knew these paintings cost a lot of money. On the right was a metal cabinet with lots of small drawers. Jane Kern opened one. Inside, on a bed of purple velvet, lay a diamond. It was big and beautiful. She picked it up with one hand and pushed her mask back with the other. She wanted to have a better look at it. When she shone her torch on the diamond, it sparkled. Beautiful, said John Kern. It is, isn't it, she said. I wasn't talking about the diamond, he said, taking off his mask and kissing her. She kissed him back. Life is good, she thought. She didn't know, however, that ten metres away, somebody was hiding behind a curtain. While she kissed her husband, this person sucked quietly on a mint. It was Brian British. Brian's legs were tired from standing for hours behind the curtain, and he was hungry. He didn't care. This was it. The moment when he caught the world-famous shadow thieves. He pulled his phone out of his pocket and sent a text message. In his head, he counted to twenty. Then he stepped out from his hiding place and walked towards the safe. He had no gun. He didn't need one. Inside the safe, the shadow thieves had stopped kissing. They were on their knees, opening drawers, taking the jewels and putting them into the black bag. They didn't see Brian coming towards them. The phone in Brian's pocket vibrated silently. Everything was ready. Lights, please, Mr. Robertson, he said, and grabbed the safe door. On the other side of the room, Thomas Robertson, awake and holding his phone, switched on the lights. John and Jane Kern looked up. When they saw Brian standing with the safe door in his hand, their mouths dropped open. Brian looked down at them. He almost felt bad for them. They had helped him a lot with his teaching. However, he was a detective and they were criminals. That was the life they chose. Brian British, said John Kern, his eyes wide.
open wide in horror and confusion. Brian smiled. He had spent two weeks thinking of something cool to say for the moment he caught them, and now he could finally say it. Class is over, he said, and swung the safe door closed, locking it shut. That is the end of chapter seven. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can read Brian British for free at wattpad.com. Goodbye.